are. Empires of the future. Here we are. And again, in, in the middle, I, I mean, of a snowstorm. It certainly was a snowstorm. We, this has been a few years of, of needs of this much snow. <laughs> no kidding, yeah. Uh, we have, we've been working on this for a lot of years. I would, yeah. I would say we've been working on this. I've lived in Evansville 13 years, and uh, we had an ice storm after I'd been here a couple of years. Uh, and you probably weren't living here in 2009, right? No. Uh, and so that was an ice storm. It was nothing yeah, like this. This is a blizzard. So this is pretty fun. Yeah. So this is great snow. Right. Beautiful. I love snow. It's, uh, you know, you have a good, good, you know, six to 12 inches of it. Uh, it's been a few days. You've already shoveled the, the driveway. Now it's all about having fun in it. And then you get beautiful sunshine and the snow. And then in true Midwest fashion, Romantic. next week we're going to have three days of 50 degrees. That's right. Like. And there also it'll be black. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It'll be black Wonderful. as sin and it'll look horrible. Uh, right. It's kind of like right. kind of like a good illustration of the world. All right. Beautiful. And then, you know, it turns black and ugly Quickly, sure. in three days. Yeah, unfortunately. But I'm a big fan of snow. Uh, love this. We, we've already done some uh, sledding with the kids, and uh, we've already had our kids hit trees with the sled. Okay. You know, so it's been a complete another Midwestern tradition. Yeah, of hitting the, happening there, hitting the trees, and uh, so it's been good. And uh, uh, I look forward to going skiing again in a few weeks. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so we go back, and so the snow just beckons me, like calling me. To my habitat. So, uh, but anyways, so we uh, we have some unfortunate news to talk about with what's going on in Europe and about religious freedom uh, in two European countries, one in Denmark and one in France. Right. And um, I don't know. I, I was telling you earlier that I actually wrote an article, an article, an essay for a class in seminary on religion in Europe. And mm-hmm. so, um, well, I don't remember everything that I wrote. That particular essay, I am somewhat aware and, and attuned to the issue of multiculturalism in the West, especially in Europe, especially with middle, with with Muslims mm-hmm. from the Middle East, from the Arab world, living in European countries, and the difficulties of secularism mixing with their religious views and their sure. culture. So I guess that's probably most of what we're going to be talking about today. Right. You know, we probably feel in America like we are uh, similar to Europe in a lot of ways because of kind of the Western project, uh, enlightenment and these sorts of things. Um, in full view in, in, in these articles is the fact that kind of their experiment involved state churches. And I think we've mentioned this before, but that's going to be really important because uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody knew this, uh, nor did they have much time to sort it out when the Protestant Reformation was going on and a lot of these state churches got established. But it's not worked out well uh, for Christianity in, in these nations. Uh, Christianity just does not flourish when there is a state church. Uh, Christianity has been much stronger uh, in the United States in situations where uh, there's not a state church, where there's kind of a marketplace of ideas. Um, and so that, that is going on. Now, uh, France is kind of this unique case even among Europe because it's almost like you could say in France the state church is uh, kind of progressivism and has been for quite a while. I mean, in the, the French Revolution, uh, it's almost just strange to think of like the American Revolution and happening in a similar time because the French Revolution was much more uh, consistently bloody for its own people. Right. Uh, experimented with 
things like new calendars, uh, th throwing okay. out much more of kind of the traditional Western world, and then and basically having to sometimes and often go, well, ne wait, never mind, we can't go that far, right. and that's sort of France's history, and so that's going to be important as we look into this stuff here too. Yeah, so um, you've, you were working on the, the author's name right, right, right. before we started, so I would, since you've been working on her name, why don't you go ahead and... <laughs> right, so the, the foreground of these issues as well is, uh, so you have radical Islam mm -hmm. uh, is, is a strong presence in Europe, you know, obviously nearer to uh, the birthplace of Islam in the Middle East, and so they have uh, refugees and also just immigration, more uh, immigration of... Uh, and they're, of course, they, you know, they own a lot of parts of northern Africa with Algeria and everything. Right. And so um, there is kind of that colonial history with right. France and some of the other Middle East. And, you know, I think they, what did they, were colonial masters of maybe Syria and I think definitely Iran, you know, before their independence and things like that. So... A lot of these European countries have a history with some of these Middle Eastern countries and Middle Eastern people from the past, and it's not a good history because they were colonial masters, yeah. and that's never been a, a good right. association right. in the past. So, And so uh, there's, if you haven't kept up, there have been terrorist attacks in uh, France, horrible. Yeah. I mean, people uh, attacking uh Attacking grandmothers with knives, yeah. praying in uh, you know Catholic churches and, and yeah. things in the, in the past few months, and uh, for a secular country, uh, especially a country more secular than most Americans would even be familiar with, this is shocking uh, because you have this view that well, people are good, so obviously as we throw off the restraints of religion, things should just be getting better. People right. should just uh, be improving the way they deal with each other. And this has been consistent. There's not a one-off sort of event. And so they're struggling to try to figure out what to do about this. And uh, so Noemi Bisserby recently wrote an article, uh, this is in the Wall Street Journal, mm -hmm. uh, called Islamist Separatism Bill Wins Support in French Assembly. And here's what it means. Uh, she opens by saying, quote, France's National Assembly approved a measure that aims to strengthen government oversight of mosques and religious schools and crack down on other practices from online hate speech to forced marriage that President Emmanuel Macron says are rooted in Islamist separatism. So that's the movement uh, to, to strengthen government oversight of mosques. Uh, this would be, we, we have become very comfortable uh, with kind of arguing for the idea of separation of church and state, and this is just a move away from that. Mm -hmm. That's what we're looking at, a move away from that in France. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, I sent this article to you because I was reading it, and it was just a part of the world news section. It was not a really long article, kind of the bottom part of the, uh, the probably fourth or fifth page. It's like, so obviously, I mean, this isn't front page news or something like that, but I, it caught my eye, especially... As, you know, pastors um, and, and the importance of religious freedom, which has been an issue in the United States over the last few years as well, um, that, in, as we were, we were talking about this earlier, that this has been an issue in, in Europe and what to do with Islamic fundamentalism that is in their countries, right? They're, they're going to separate schools um, and... You know, so you have these secular views of freedom of religion, uh, freedom of ideas, freedom of speech, and right. all these different ideas. And obviously, those are bedrock uh, uh, principles and values in the United States, right? It's in our Bill of Rights. 
Um, and we were talking about how, like, you know, the the issue with a lot of these European countries is is that they did they they still in a sense do have state religions, right? In, in France, it's the Catholic Church, right? And they've always had a strong connection with the Catholic Church for for a lot of a lot of the period of French history and the period of Catholic history. Mm-hmm. Um, same in England with the Church of England, and same with Denmark. We we're going to wait a little bit earlier about the Danish uh, Lutheran Church. Um, and so these churches are very much entwined with uh, with the culture. A lot of tax money goes to these churches. But there's a sense in that kind of in the European countries, it's like, well, they're a part of our history, but nothing happens really happens there, right? right. They're pretty dead. Right. Nothing major is going on there. Nothing to really kind of be concerned about and worried right. about. And it's as if European countries have the same expectations with Islamic right. believers as well. Well. Yeah, you have your religion, but keep it private, keep it to yourselves, and don't let us notice it. Right. Well, it's difficult because that's not how they feel about their religion. They're right. not going to keep it secret. They're not. They're going to visibly show it in what they in the way they dress, the way that their family relationships are are designed and organized. Right. And they're thinking they've come to the West to live in a free market of ideas, but now they're finding out that. Really, that's just a facade. There is no such thing as a free market ideas because if they, if, if the the nation itself disagrees with the idea or feel that that idea could potentially could be harmful for the general mass, well, then let's restrict it. Yeah, and it's created a huge like conflict of values, conflict of of ideas, and a conflict of like what does it mean to be secular and what does it mean to be multicultural? Does it mean right. we want we want people that look different to be in our country? And but we don't want you to have your own your own language. We want you to speak French yep. and do everything that a French person would do. Yep. So really, that's not multicultural. It's monocultural, kind of with a flair of we'd like to be diverse. Yeah. But it really right. doesn't mean anything. Right. Right. And and so this is um this is a kind of a confluence of uh, a few uh, different expectations and when those expectations are not met, some definite problems. So, for yep. instance, I mean, you're, you're basically talking about nominal Christianity, Christianity in name only. And that right. seems like what you get when you have a state church, yep. is that people put it as a part of their kind of background of their identity, something that, like you said, used to be important, right. isn't important to, right. today. And then there was this expectation, well, my religion doesn't play any role in my life, so I, I don't expect it to play any role in other people's lives. Right. But one thing about this that uh, just kind of like in my in my readings and encounters with philosophy, there's a guy, uh, Rene Descartes, he's very important, and he's French, uh, by the way, very important in the Enlightenment. And the most harmful idea that he proposed uh, ended up being what, what we all live with in the Western world a lot, that just because you might think something or uh, you can believe something and then do differently, and you don't really have to ask too many more questions. This is a, an outgrowth philosophically from uh, his emphasis on, I think, therefore I am. I, I, the I father am of thinking, rationalism, right? Yeah, yeah. and mm. I, he's a thinking being. But this should, uh, if there's, I think this is probably the most important idea of today that I have had to think through and that affects all of us, that we are comfortable in the West with this idea that, Okay, just because you do something, that doesn't mean you believe it. Right. And just because you believe something doesn't mean you'll do something about it. Right. And that's false. Right. But we all tend to be okay with that because we live in these segmented, separated minds. And that's that the, the number one guy, there's always multiple people that you got to blame for these issues, but the number one guy to blame for that is Rene Descartes. And, and here's why this is so important. 
for instance, when, when George W. Bush uh, was involved in Iran and Iraq and trying mm -hmm. to, to get Saddam Hussein in Iraq, um, we as Americans were thinking, we're going to go in and we're going to liberate these people and then tell them, you have freedom now, so do what we have done. Right. Okay, that is just a flawed idea. Right, right. Uh, to, the, to a lot of the rest of the world, our supposed um, Christian, somewhat Christianized United States is also like the biggest porn producer. Right. And, and, and we kind of go, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's this and there's that. Right. But they don't believe us when we say, oh, well, there's no connection between the two. The, right. uh, the, the, there's a lot of things going on, and they don't necessarily relate to each other. Right. There, there is an ancient wisdom that still lives in a lot of the Middle East, which is, no, what you do shows what you believe. Right, right. And what you believe yeah. will be evidenced in what right. you do. And, and man, Which is a this, biblical concept. Right. Yeah. And, and that's huge yeah. for today and all that we're talking about here um, because this ancient wisdom is popping up right. in, in people who are moving into France right. first and saying, no, my, my beliefs definitively impact right. what I do. Right. And I think the French are ill-equipped to even deal with it. I think, I think so they too. don't even know how to begin because the French mode seems to have been for a few hundred years. Well, we are progressing. Obviously, you'll want to be like us. Right. Civilized. And, and you know, that's yeah. not a French-only idea. I just said, right. you know, a very non-French person, uh, George W. Bush, basically had the same idea in, in going in and, and liberating Iraq and then being very surprised when, well, I guess we have to do some more work to build this nation. And yeah. there's a lot of conversations in politics about nation building. Right. Well, listen, you can't build a nation for a group of people who don't want you to build it. Right. <laughs> and that's a lot of that story there. Yeah, and I think, uh, obviously, for a lot of countries like France and Denmark, religion, yeah, they say they have, you have freedom of religion, but religion is really an annoyance. Mm -hmm. It's an annoyance. It. it We've progressed past religion, right. um, and, and yeah, there's this episode of Star Trek where they go to these, these different groups of people, and they have their 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 prehistoric religions, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember that episode where where Captain John Luke Picard says, "We progressed past that." Uh -huh, yeah, you know, and so there, I think there is a sense where mm -hmm. we've like we progressed past these ancient religions, right, that, you know, the Abrahamic religions of the Judaism and Christianity and Islam, we've, we've progressed past those. Now, obviously, we have evidence that we were, you know, a lot of our foundation as a nation was Christian. Sure. You can see the churches, you can see a lot of our history, but those were good for a time, but we've progressed past that. We right. don't need that anymore. Now, they're just they're just monuments to our history. Right? They're, that, they're nothing more. Yeah. Um, just inspiration. Uh, they mark uh, days of the of the year, right? Mm -hmm. Of holidays that we celebrate as French or English or uh, or Swedes, whatever. And religion is a part of it, but really, it's a part of it because that's how the that's how the holiday or the tradition was started. Yeah. And that's all that it is. It's empty. It's without any spirit. It's without any god. It's just kind of there as decorations. Yeah. And so it's just it gets in the way of this future progress that they want. And so, you know, this this bill, which is actually obviously very popular, because I think it won by two hundred plus votes. It seems like uh, three forty seven to one fifty one. So there's a lot of people that agree yeah. with the French Assembly and. And the, the president, Emmanuel, that this is the way to go um, to fight Islamic fundamentalism. And I think security is the really the major issue, and it's been an issue in the United States as well. When yes. we talk about 
freedom of uh, privacy, the right of privacy, the right of, um, you know, just because the FBI has uh, wants to listen to your phone, Apple's not going to somehow just give you access to that, that person's personal privacy. Um, and um, so when it comes to uh, this idea of, and I'm going to guess, um, this is talking, the French, the, the, Dan, the Denmark one gets into more like, doctrine and yep. teachings, right. Right? right? The French one is getting more into, uh, I guess, very similar, cracking down on some of these practices, uh, online hate speech and uh, divorce marriages and things like that, ideology that aims to build a paralyzed society in France where religious rules override civil laws. Um, so it's getting into ideology. It's getting into like what people think, what people believe, what they consciously um, drives their life. And that is a really sticky point. Um, and I don't know, uh, I, I don't know if the French uh, people and the French uh, assembly are, 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 are identifying or thinking about the implications of this right. long terms. Because if you give away this idea of the freedom of religion, the freedom of idea, uh, the, the freedom of having a belief and in a, in, in a, in an idea and an understanding that you believe and say, and, and you're saying, you don't have that right. We will determine what is proper and not proper. Right. I just don't know how you have a multicultural and open society. Right. Yeah, it seems that the idea has been um, this one world society. There's an expectation, well, this idea of a one world society will draw everyone in. Uh, you know, you can think of uh, John Lennon. Imagine there's uh, yes. no countries and, and no religion. we'll all just yeah. put our arms around each other yeah. and kind of sway and, and get along. Right. And really, this, this has been, I, I feel, uh, I don't just kind of want a straw man. That seems to be yeah, the hope right. is that, well, we, if we could get rid of all this religion stuff, man, we'd all just be in brotherhood. Right. And uh, that, I do not believe that's going to be the case. Right. Uh, and and this, is, this is an effort with that in the background, believing that that, right. that is that that if uh, if you give people what their kind of appetites desire, then they'll be kind of happy, and then when they're genial and happy, they'll all just get along. Um, well, that's a bet. Yeah, I just don't think it's a bet that's going to play out. And and yeah. this, when it's not playing out, this first effort is to say, okay, well, let's. Uh, I mean, what he's going to do, uh, require them to declare foreign funding uh, and also make it easier for the government to close mosques, associations, and schools that criticize Republican values. Republican values being defined as uh, liberty, equality, and fraternity are prime uh, French <laughs> values. Um, Which and, is so erotic. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, liberty, equality... And fraternity, okay. Right. I mean, you're basically restricting their liberty and you're saying they're not equal. Right. So I've, aren't you the ones that are actually restricting Republican values? Right. And uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions. Um, it, would make, uh, it would make it a criminal offense for anyone in the name of ideology or religious extremism to put pressure on civil servants and public service providers to deviate from France's secular values. That's kind of a complicated sentence that basically says, uh, so for instance, it's a... Uh, Muslim conviction uh, that uh, if a doctor is going to see your wife, that it needs to be a female doctor, yeah. for instance. Uh, but there would be a fine associated with that. If this goes through, those sorts of ideas mm -hmm. uh, 
a large fine uh, too. And, and so this is the move that, that is being proposed in France. And, uh, you know, look, I sympathize with the situation that um, it's very difficult to sit down and go, boy, we've got to figure this out when yeah. terrorist attacks are coming sure. every few months. Sure. Um, but this is a dangerous move. Yeah. Uh, this is a move that is threatening to uh, the religious liberty of all believers of any kind in France. And here's the thing. Please, if anybody's hearing this uh, from a secular point of view and going, oh, well, you know, not me. Okay, listen. There will be a prominent secular point of view shortly. If this project were to go through, go through there would be a prominent accepted secular point of view, and the next move is to begin to outlaw the not prominent secular points of view. When you start this, this sort of, sort of thing does not right. uh, go well for anyone, uh, and especially in the long term. Even if you're, if you're the dominant of the dominant view right now, wait 20 years, you won't be anymore. That's right. This is, the, this is a game that uh, is dangerous to play. And we say this as Baptists, who uh, in, in the beginnings of this country right. were not accepted. Uh, we're, we're a much younger group of Christians, not looked at... Uh, happily in, and you know, in the, in the colonial uh, era of this country, the, definitely we, we flirted with ideas of kind of state. Yeah. Practically, the colonies kind of had state well, churches. That's why Baptists started in America with Roger Williams leaving Massachusetts because right. the Congregationalists did not believe in freedom of religion. Right. Yeah, but and that's why Rhode Island became a Baptist right. colony. Right. That stood on the, on the understanding of freedom of religion, and that's why Thomas Jefferson, when he wrote to the Dansbury Baptist uh, Society in Connecticut. He talked about separation of church and state right. and the Bill of Rights because that's what they wanted because they remember the Massachusetts being, no, this is the state religion of this state, which right. is congregationalism. And a lot of the southern states in Virginia and South Carolina did the same thing with right. the Church of England. Right. And and so this is, you know, we talk about, people throw out separation of church and state as if this was like a casual, always a thing. It was never always a thing. And the reason why you even know the term separation of church and state is because Baptists fought for it. Yep. And uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote that to appease the Baptists right. because they remember these these years in the early parts of the colonial times where there wasn't freedom of religion. Maryland was a Catholic colony. Right. Pennsylvania was a Quaker brethren type colony. This a lot of these colonies started as denominationally tied. Right. When you needed to be a licensed preacher and if you weren't you could be jailed for preaching jailed. without a license. That's right. This is a part of Bunyan American went to jail, history. right? For preaching uh, against the crown, preaching the truth, and he didn't have a, and they restricted his license or whatever, threw him in jail, right? And so this has been a, a common thing. It's been a common, and I think there's a view that Christians have been identified as the authority, have always been the restrictors of. And I think people, I think people historically have a hard time distinguishing state, crown, and mm -hmm. church. Yeah. That the church and 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 yeah, we we see as this merging or marriage of the monarch and the the pope or the monarch and the archbishop. But you know, there was a lot of uh, like true believers who believe in scripture and and stood on the, the the truth of scripture that were jailed and killed and had to meet in hiding and then left to come to the new world and start uh, colonies because they had they were restricted to have to to express their beliefs. Right. Um, and that's, America kind of we we started as a as a nation that way, and these European countries 
they don't, I don't think they really understand the importance of the freedom of religion. It's, it's kind of a secular value. Oh, yeah, yeah. Freedom of religion. But I think f- the reason why we even say freedom of religion is because some of these European countries who restricted right. religious views in the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th right. century, right. and now they're, they're actually recycling bad ideas in the past right. that caused wars, that caused many deaths, uh, displacement, and things like that. And I think what I find interesting about this as well is that the French people think, the French nation thinks that this is a way to combat Islamic right. fundamentalism. But I would probably argue that, and you, I know we're going to talk about this with Denmark, that this actually may create more yes. Islamic fundamentalism. Because here's what happens when you basically say there's no such thing as multiculturalism. They're just a monoculture or a dominant culture, which mm-hmm. is the French culture. You need to submit to the dominant culture. If you are not originally from that culture, it says that your culture is substandard. And therefore, what do you have? Racism. You have mm-hmm. division. Yep. Um, you have people looking down on other people because of a different language they speak or a different religion that they have, a different culture that they come from. And, uh, um, and so this creates division. It creates racism. It causes hate. And then that leads the, the minority group to then hate the dominant culture and then do what? Lash out. Right. So that's what's – and it's interesting, and not to, to go down this trail, this trail too far, but it is interesting how Europe – the United States has had its issues with Islam and some of its, um, some of its fundamentalism and, and, and a few different occasions, right, mm-hmm. uh, isolated occasions. But this has been an issue for years with, in, in a lot of these European countries, and they've never actually stopped to think that maybe they're the ones creating somewhat of the problem yeah. by creating a, a, an idea or a narrative that this culture is substandard and they need to kind of become more mature and become more modernized and become more secular like us. Right. And ah, that's very... Right. And it, it's, it is it's a bet, a, as you said earlier. It's a bet. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a good bet. And, and I mean, the, the, the dark side uh, of that, what you're talking about, I mean... It, if, if anybody who is uh, familiar with progressive thought at all can see that it's a short step to go from we've progressed to therefore others are behind, therefore we are better than them. I mean, it's a short step to racism, to, right. to one day you'll get with the program. Right. And, and I mean, this is, uh, let me help you let get me help with the you program. Get, yeah. For um, your child, children's sake. Right, yes. Like, you what know, did the U.S. do with the Indians? They took the kids and educated them in their civilization. It's, it's kind of what this idea of, hey, let's let's modernize you a little bit. Let's you know, let's get rid of the scarves. Let's get rid of all that. Like you can have your private religion, right? But let's come on, right? Let's, and so, and, and um, so I, I think that's a great place uh, to transition. Uh, that there's a major point here, which is to say the marketplace of ideas is the best solution mm-hmm. that we have seen uh, for this issue. And uh, the, I mean, what what originally? Why why is Islam not conquered all of Europe already? The short answer is Christianity, right. uh, and it's not, and, the, it's not the Crusades and this like battle for the Holy Land. It's it's it is the, it's the the what wins is not let's be restrictive, right? Because that's what actually that's what the Middle Eastern world does to Christianity. So if you were to take 
old, you take values that Frenchmen had at one point mm-hmm. in time and take those same values and throw it into the Middle Eastern right now, that you would not have the freedom to, to go to a Catholic church yep. and take the Eucharist and do your penance to the priest. That's restricted. Mm-hmm. So by going off and taking that same method to protect your culture, to them, is, is, is you're using their same methods. Yep. Is this the same methods that um, you know that uh, the empires of old have done? It's the same methods that have been used by monarchs and and and, and emperors and and kings and these type of to restrict, 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 restrict um, the the minor the, mo- the modern culture. And it's like, do you really want to take from their from their methods and apply it to them? Don't you want to show them a better way? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, I mean. Um... Religious history uh, shows that if you give uh, a religious group a common enemy, in a lot of ways you've given them a gift. You've given them a gift. They, That's right. That's a good point. You will crush them, but they will fight. They will fight. They will. And uh, I mean, uh, like uh, you mentioned, but it, it makes me rethink this one quote uh, where Emmanuel Macron's description uh, of what uh, Islam is, an ideology that aims to build a parallel society in France where religious rules override civil laws. So yes, they want to relate, raise their children in their belief system. Well, if there's one thing I'm, I'm sure people will fight for, it's their children. Yeah. Uh, and so be very sure if you're picking a fight that it's a fight that you can win. Um, you may. I mean, look, if you look at the history of Western culture, uh, the conqueror may hold... Uh, for instance, you know, Rome conquered the world for a while, but Greek ideas overrode Rome, but then Christian ideas eventually overrode those ideas. That the battle of ideas um, is not as predictable. Uh, It's not just about force. Right. And uh, there's, what are we talking about here? We're talking about force. Right. Um, So... So that's, that's a great place to transition because we, we go from marketplace of ideas rather than force to uh, Denmark, which is a similar situation, but a little different. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're in a different part of Europe now. Um, so the headline from uh, Evangelical Focus is Denmark will ask all faith groups to translate sermons into Danish language. So it says, quote, a draft law expected to be discussed in February could ask all religious groups in Denmark to have a Danish version of the sermons and messages delivered in their faith communities. And so um, no Latin masses. Right. (laughs) Uh, And and this is targeted as well. I mean, it says here, the government of Social Democrat uh, Prime Minister Met Frederiksen, that's a woman, mm-hmm. had promised to better control radical Islamist groups in the country whose teachings clash with the democratic values of the country, which sounds familiar from mm-hmm. what we're talking about today. Uh, over 270,000 Muslims live in Denmark, and most of the sermons preached in mosques are in Arabic. Mm-hmm. And so that what they are wanting to do is, um, this, is a, this is another solution. I find this solution a little bit... Um, more odd, mm-hmm. uh, not that, because your first solution in France is, is uh, it's not elegant. Very direct. <laughs> <laughs> now, this solution I just find is, uh, sounds completely ineffective to me. Yeah. What they want to do is, that, is they, in, ineffective from the standpoint of, I don't know if this is going to do anything for their fight, which is they want Danish culture to still have a place. But if you can, what this reminds me of is, um, 
you'll see uh, whether a, a governor is speaking or at, at, at churches, you'll see maybe someone doing sign language off yeah. to the side. Yeah. Um, this, what they want is somebody speaking Danish yeah. uh, off to the side, that right. everything that's going to be presented has someone uh, speaking the Danish language. Yes. And then uh, I believe also they, were, they want the transcript of whatever is going to be pre presented <laughs> ahead of time. Now, th there's a whole... Uh, there's a whole list of questions that come to my mind about some bureaucrat reading <laughs> all right. of these various, I mean, various religious... Uh, yeah, throw it in the poly others. Right. <laughs> and then supposedly, I mean, you can imagine th that if you were to do this and then later on some sort of terrorist attack does happen, the heads that will roll, you mean you tell me you didn't read all this? And Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm a secular person from Denmark yeah. reading, you know, all this. How, how could I miss all of yeah. that? <laughs> I'm, not, I don't, I'm not a believer in that religion. I'm not familiar with that religion. Right. Uh, I didn't go to school and therefore learned about this religion. Right. So I read it, but I didn't really understand it. So I just kind of, you know, right. fell asleep. You know, <laughs> as if, as if what a radical Islamist uh, would, would say is, so everyone... In my transcript, I sent to them, we're going to go to Holy War this Saturday yeah. at 2 p.m. And, you know, I, I, don't know, I don't know how far thought through that is. But, but as a goal, to think that their goal from this is to preserve Danish culture, I just kind of go, well, I, the, the language is a part of the culture. It is. Sure. Sure. But, but they're even saying why they're doing it. It's not really to protect Danish culture. It's to fight against Islamic fundamentalists. Right. And so, like, it's a kind of this workaround. Uh, and I was telling you earlier, because, you know, I lived in Sweden for a year, so I went to Swedish church. And so all the sermons were in Swedish, obviously, because it was a Swedish church, and they would have someone translate in English. Mm -hmm. And we would listen to these, like, transmitters in mm -hmm. our headphones. And uh, uh, it wasn't great. I would say it's hard, it's hard to worship when the people doing the worship aren't doing it in your tongue. Sure. Sure. Um, and uh, so I was trying to think through this as like, uh, so what, what ch I was thinking in the context of churches, what churches mm -hmm. are actually having church in a non-Danish language? Right. I think it's probably pretty rare. I mean, most of the Lutheran churches or evangelical churches, because I went to a Swedish evangelical church, uh, and it was done in Swedish. So mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, we're evangelical. Let's do the American language. Like, that's, right. not, that's not, not what they're doing. Because yeah, most of the people there are English. <laughs> are, are, they're closer yeah. to where Christianity happened than we are. Right? Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, I, that doesn't make any sense. Um, I was thinking about Catholic churches would do, but most Catholic churches that are in Rome or Vatican are probably going to do Latin masses. Right. Very I, few that would be an Latin interesting masses. thing to know. Um, you know, in, in a, when you are nominally Catholic, I, I've heard that some people who are like a little more detached from uh, practicing Catholicism yeah. would prefer to hear the Latin Mass, that it's uh, some strange idea to me that it's yeah. more beautiful when you don't understand it. I, I kind of, <laughs> not, yeah. I, mean, I think there's problems in yeah. It's in like that. watching a, Latin, like a foreign film that didn't have subtitles. I just find it more beautiful right, 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 right. without the subtitles. Yeah. Like, but you can't understand what's going on. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, so obviously this is, uh, while a generalized, this is primarily attacking uh, Muslims who live in Denmark. Well, and I did read um, there, 
I mean, you're nearby Germany. There, the German uh, Lutheran churches. There's like 800 years of them speaking German, right? You know, and 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 we are accustomed. It, it is strange to grow up in the United States. And and one thing I kind of, um, I think we give ourselves a hard enough time on this podcast that we need to be a little more aware of other countries. But I will say that uh, America. Uh, in terms of population and especially in land mass is enormous. It is very big. And Europe comparatively is not. Right. And so... Has a most, uh, some states. Right. And, and so the comparison, right, is more that to our states right. versus their nations. And so Germany's not so far away. Right. And, and so we are accustomed, you know, from sea to shining sea, of uh, <laughs> the same language, at least, uh, you know, we joke about how different people can be on the West Coast and the East Coast, but that's a gift in itself that they're still American people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what we're dealing with right now in this country is there is a lot of diversity in America, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to keep that going forward. Um, but this is not a move towards... Uh, keeping that diversity. Um, it's a move to salvage uh, something of Danish culture, but I, my biggest question is, I don't know what the grounding of that is, because you don't have in Europe anymore. If, if you are a, kind of a, a liberal European, it seems like your ideal is kind of one world. If we could just let go of this old nationalistic idea and achieve this one world, similar to what we're talking about with France, um, but that uh, a lot of what Europe is going through right now is is what has perplexed a lot of politicians in America, which is populism. People are resurgence, uh, right. having a resurgence of saying, well, my national identity matters to me. Right, right. I know it doesn't matter to a lot of you, especially a lot of people who live in cities right. tend to be uh, kind of more uh, globally minded. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, it, it is true that in rural France. Rural France is very different from urban France, That's just right. like rural right. United States is very different from urban United that's States. Right. Um, and so that's what they're going through right now. And I don't understand, I don't hear the grounding for, for how this would uh, resurrect Danish culture. It seems to be a step that, you know, look, I, I, you, what you will accomplish is you will dramatically uh, increase the demand of translators to Danish, yeah, and that it doesn't sound possible for a lot of churches to immediately get somebody. Because if you're talking about having a translator present and actively translating, you're basically you're going to need somebody who is completely able to speak both languages, mm -hmm. both languages that you are speaking and Danish, um, and then you're going to need them to be present. And, and I mean. Plenty of these uh, churches say, you know, you, you might think you're talking about a single service right. that we might have on a Saturday or a Sunday. Look, we do right. weddings, funerals. Right. Uh, I mean, you do coming of age ceremonies, bar mitzvahs, these sorts yeah. of things. And, yeah. and you're, you seem to be talking about those, right? And it so far seems that um, the, the answer that uh, the Danish leadership has come up is like, oh, yeah, we're, we're talking about all of that. Everything. Based upon this single idea that, well, uh, according to analysts, a majority of Danes would approve such a law. Uh, but would this infringe upon religious freedom? It would be uh, the beginnings of a lot of problems for it if you need a translator to have your service. Uh, it certainly, uh, I mean, it, it moves from uh, what was the old way, uh, you know, this Danish Lutheran church being the state church, to 
uh, sort of a uh, general Danish ministry of churches. Uh, yeah. Again, we don't know the answer to who would read all of these, but some person in an office working for the government somewhere. Uh, and, and boy, is that, it, it, basically I think you can say, is that much more ominous to those of us who are uh, religious believers, uh, Christian believers, uh, than it would be to someone who's sitting in that office? Yeah. Uh, saying, what are, you, what are you talking about? Just fill out the form for yeah, me. It'll right. all be fine. It'll be fine. And I think, you know, we, we may think, well, this is, I mean, this is Europe being Europe. But, like, this was so, uh, and why it's important to talk about this is because there has been U.S. cities have flirted with these similar ideas yes. when it comes to hate speech stuff. So yep. you, you throw out the kind of the prevalent views right now on transgender rights and homosexual rights. I'm just going to be bluntly honest here. Uh, the Bible has something to say about that that those groups do not like, mm-hmm. right? So, therefore, uh, if we're going to categorize that as hate speech, um, if one of us preaches from R- Romans chapter 1, per se, which is a pretty prominent chapter of the Bible that a lot of churches, evangelical churches, will preach in Romans chapter 1, and they talk about homosexuality and say that it's a sin, blah, 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 that is categor- can be categorized as hate speech. Yeah. So if we take this and say, well, it's about Islamic fundamentalism, well, okay, take that out of it and just drop it in any urban city in the United States. But instead of Islamic uh, fundamentalism, you just say hate speech, mm-hmm. which is not that much different. Well, there are things that Christian preachers and pastors will say on a Sunday morning that a, a, a group would say, that's hate speech. That's offensive. So like, is it going to be a point where the city of New York, the city of Los Angeles or San Francisco says, hey, we want to read every sermon that gets preached before Sunday morning because we want to make sure there's no hate speech. Right. And so that's the ball game. And once you go to that point, which, again, is not out of the realm of possibility in the next five to ten years, uh, with already hate speech on the books already in a lot of states and cities, um, for a city to say this. Again, it's kind of, I know that it sounds like a, it's a, it's a, it is a massive issue, but it is kind of a bit silly again because it's like, well, how are you going to manage that? How are you going to force that? Which, I mean, are you going to pick certain pastors that are more prominent and more popular and just kind of make a model out of them and throw right. them in jail? I mean, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of weddings and funerals and Bible studies and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And that you just, how do you enforce that? And, and so this is like this mechanism to, to uh, protect democratic values. Um, this is very, this is foolish. It's, it's dumb, it's foolish, it's irresponsible, and it's against democratic values. Yeah. So the, what France is trying to do and what Denmark's trying to do is, is a bit frightening because these are Western countries that say that they are democracies and that they they protect the the ideas and and uh and thoughts of people but in actuality as we've said before religion is an annoyance it's annoyance to this one continent progress that we as a group of countries Mm -hmm. are trying to become more um uh, more enlightened. Mm-hmm. This goes into climate control. This goes into religion. All these different uh, ideas and, and issues that it's like get out of the way. We're we're coming through. And this is where we're going. And if you 
if you don't catch, if you don't get on the bus, you don't get on the train, you're going to get left behind. And we're just going to restrict you from doing what you want to do because you have to come in our direction. That is not much different than China. Yeah. And it's not much different than a lot of other countries like in uh, uh, India, for example, that's restricting religious groups, minority religious groups, because Hinduism is in the national religion. And that's the natural, the nationalist party is Hindus, the Hindu party. The prime minister is this party. And so they're restricting minority uh, religious groups because, again, the nation is Hindu, and this is what we believe. And if you don't get on board, then we're going to restrict you Yeah, because this is what we want to be. This is our, our identity. This is our, our vision for a better India, for a better Europe. And uh, it's very uh, problematic. Right. Right. I, I appreciated um, they spoke to a leader of, uh, of the evangelical uh, Association uh, of Churches there in Denmark, and and he, he said this. He said, "Quote: I do not consider the law a direct breach of international standards on freedom of religion or belief, but it is still a significant step in the wrong direction." And and I I think that that's I think that's what we're saying as well. It, it, there's a question which is, is how, what is this going to accomplish right. uh, to do this? How is this going to get you anywhere? And it drives uh, me to to ask uh, what th- what this reminded me of is there's um there's a really powerful uh, Winston Churchill quote uh, that civilization is an achievement. Civilization is an achievement, and he, and he said it uh, this way. This is in the speech uh, given in when when he called England to go and fight uh, Adolf Hitler. And so you'll see his uh, reference to the uh, perverted science that was going on in uh, Germany at the time. And he says, civilization is not a once-for-all achievement, an unearned dispensation of fate or a product of the march of historical necessity. It is rather an inheritance that is always threatened by the atavistic temptations of barbarism and by the lights of a perverted science. uh, we, we were both talking about this word atavistic, which I have never used in my life until yeah. this quote, so I had to look it up before this, which it just means that uh, this temptation to be a barbarian, to, to just anybody that opposes you to just take your fist and ball right. it up and then just take them out. Right. That, that temptation is going to arise every generation. Uh, you know, look, any of us who have children have seen that temptation arise in our own children uh, when there are problems within our children, that uh, power is yeah. always a temptation to be used by people. And so if civilization is an achievement, how are we going to maintain it? It seems that in both France and Denmark, civilization has been an assumption. Mm-hmm. People will get along. That's right. And that's just not the case. That right. is just not the case. And right now, it seems that a lot of places that I see, everybody kind of goes, well, I guess we'll just get more polarized. We'll keep on demeaning people who aren't like us. Because look at this place. This, what, what we do here is we just fight. It's like, oh, no. Uh, I, this is a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. If we just want to keep fighting, all that ends up in is, is literal war. Right. That's, that's, that's the, if you want to see, see uh, this escalation continue... Well, the only place you're going is, is actual non-civilization right? Uh, to where people do go to war. I mean, uh, to, it, it is frightening. I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago about uh, the civil war in our country that for quite a while, it, it just was written off that, oh, wow, we, we seem to keep escalating. And, and that's strange that... that that there's even talk that we would go to war, but that won't happen, that won't right, happen, that right, won't happen. Right. That then, for a few years, oh, that would never happen. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it happened. Yeah. And 
And, and yeah, Fort Sumter have to. <laughs> you, you know, you need to have an idea of how to accomplish civilization. And, and the idea that it has been is a free marketplace of ideas. It, it, it is frankly uh, been made possible by the fact that Christianity is a peaceful religion. And so in a lot of ways, uh, Western history, while yes, there are dark spots, Listen, folks, if you think there are dark spots in Western history, you ought to read the rest of history. Yeah. It, it is just people conquering and killing each other. Right, right. Um, it, Christians would be familiar with the Old Testament where you right. see right. a lot of this. I mean, I'm reading 2 Samuel right now, and that's what you see. You see Ammonites uh, being killed by Israelites, but then you, you see Philistines killing, and it, yep. it was kill or be killed. Yeah, and that is right. the, a description of what history in general has been. And so... It, if we don't, uh, if, if all of us don't have an idea of how to have peace and how to have civilization, we won't have it. Right. Uh, and and, and I, I definitely see uh, here in these articles, but also uh, in general, people walking around with this idea like, oh, it's surely things will keep going on like they have. That we'll still have uh, people not using horrible weapons of war against each other, uh, that I want to fight for my way and there are no rules about it. Oh, that's, that's just foolish. That's yeah. just utterly foolish. Yeah, the thought, like, even going through the 1800s, you know, 19th century, these, these European countries, you know, they had you know, their empires and they would take over lands and, you know, and they, uh, they would kind of squirmish with one another, that somehow they would never have a, a world war. Well, then there was this massive world war, right, where millions right. upon millions of died. That talk about no some zero sum game. That word there were no one. There's no winners. Right. There's just losers. Right. There's just people who died right. for no reason right. in this trench warfare. And then oh, that won't happen again. We'll have the United Nations. I mean the uh, League of Nations. That will never happen again. We've learned from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Thirty plus thirty years later, they're back at it again. Evan in a greater scale. Right. More death. More right. genocide. Right. Who wins? Well, then you have. The Cold War, and you have, and I think there's a view that history only la- only goes far back as the 1960s or something. Right, like sure. we can't uh, after World War II, that's when history started. Oh no, 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 that that wasn't at, that long ago. Like right. that was you know less than a hundred years ago. We were in this massive war where we actually dropped two bombs on Japan, who are now our allies. Mm-hmm. We actually dropped a nuclear weapon on them and killed thousands of people. Right. They're allies now. They most of us drive their cars. Like that wasn't that long ago right. when that happened. And right. I think people's history just uh, don't go that far. And especially if you read the Bible, you're so enriched with this. Like yeah, that Jesus, they crucified him like on a cross. That was common. Like that wasn't like oh, we're gonna we're gonna make a model out of this guy and right. we're gonna come up with some crazy death right. for him. No, no, that was a common way they executed people. Mm-hmm. We would go, well, we would never do that today. Yeah, yeah, I get that, but that that's what they used to do, and this was common. This mm-hmm. was normal, the way that they would treat people, and uh, and so I think yeah, I think people's view of history is just so short lived and it's not well understood, and there's just kind of like. This idea that we'll just civilization is something we've always had, and we're just going to progress and more progress and progress and progress and progress more right. into a Star Trek world, right? There's no money, there's no right. the war is just peace, but yet we're going to fight others, alien species, basically is yeah. end up the kind of the, the vision of the future. But um, there's uh, this idea that yeah, we we're past all those bad times. Well, we're only 
we're getting away from religion and all these religious wars and all these colonial wars and everything's just going to be better. But then we, what, what can we say that the 20th century wasn't the bloodiest century in the history of the world? So how civilized are we really? And how civilized are all these European countries really? How much better are they really internally than these Islamic Muslim people who are also sinners and we're all sinners and we all need God's grace and that's how we uh, are enlightened mm-hmm. is through the gospel of Christ. Right. I mean, the Bible says that uh, God has placed eternity in the hearts of men, yet not one of them has understood what God has done from start to finish. Mm. Um, we have eternal desires. And we, this, I think a lot of this is about, uh, it's running out. This, this attempt to try to satisfy ourselves with these temporary things is running out. I mean, 7 in 10 uh, Gen Zers, uh, Young, the youngest generation mm-hmm. that is able to basically answer meaningful questions right, right now. Right. Uh, seven in ten says that mental health is a front, uh, front top level uh, need in their life, that struggle, and that, that loneliness is the best description of their life. Seven in ten. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if we are walking around on this assumption that, that what you were just talking about, that we got, we've gotten there, we fixed the major problems, you're not aware of history, right. and ask some people around you. Because really, I, I think the, a big takeaway here is we need to have a fundamental question about, are, are we leading meaningful lives? Are, are, do we have the resources inside of us, the, the, the things that we're living by? Are, are those things that are of eternal value. Mm-hmm. If, if eternity is in our hearts and desiring something that is really meaningful, are the things that we've been living for enough? Mm-hmm. And to try to conquer these, these deep ideas with force uh, or with this, this uh, effort to, to translate and, and well, maybe our language, maybe they just like our language. Yeah. And, uh, look, that's just not going to get it done. No. Uh, there are deep needs. I mean, this reminds me of a few weeks ago, I was talking about uh, the spiritual issues that we all have. You know, look, morality is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, it's going to haunt you forever. If you do something and it hurts people that you love, your heart's not just going to let you blow that off. And if you do, if you do harden your heart against those kinds of things, that will haunt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, guilt is not just so easily brushed off. We need more than just this uh, I'll move on kind of idea, uh, more than these, these weak ideas that, uh, that cost nothing. That's the thing about it. I mean, uh, look, I'm not saying that Christianity is easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do want to blow off this idea that Christianity has been tried by people uh, and and found lacking. Christianity has been found difficult and not yeah. tried. That is a G.K. Chesterton quote. Right. Christianity has been found difficult and not tried. Yes, it is. He asks, he says, listen, stop treasuring your sin. Christ is God and Christ offers forgiveness and newness of life, but you have to leave your sin, sin behind and trust him. Well, look, it's worth it. it it's, it's, it's not easy, yeah. but it's worth it. Yeah, we're preaching in Colossians starting on Sunday and uh, uh, reading Colossians chapter one and we're Paul is thankful for the church in Colossae, for their faith mm-hmm. in Christ, their love for the saints, right? And, and that love is because of their hope in the mm-hmm. gospel, right? And he builds off this, and, he, and it, he's basically, he's, and he prays that they would, in a sense, continue in this, right? Continue to, to grow, be filled with the knowledge of God's will, right? That would, therefore, that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and pleasing to God right? and be strengthened, to be patient. And so we, 
Paul is basically saying, you know, you are a model of, of how Christ Jesus has transformed, transformed you, or, or transitioned you or delivered you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Right. And what are the proofs of that, that you've been transformed, that you've been delivered and been uh, transferred back into Christ's kingdom? Well, right. look, your faith, but also your love. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I think the values that the Danish people and the French people, they're the, assuming, well, we're going to just build the society and we're just going to love one another. And they're finding that difficult because mm-hmm. there's people that are getting in the way. And so their, their methods of, of fixing it is to crush it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the Bible is saying, yeah, crushing it isn't going to work. Um, cr- you know, the Roman Empire persecuting you, you can't just crush them, right? They're bigger than you are. They're stronger right. than you are. But you have the hope of the gospel. You mm-hmm. have the peace that only the, the Spirit of God gives you. And that gives you the, the understanding that I need to love one and I need to love my fellow saints. I need to love people because right. I have the hope of the gospel. Yep. And so it's, so it's so fascinating that all of the different symbols around the Danish, Danish people and the right. French people, right. all right. these identities that they've ignored yep. are actually the roadmaps to what they want. But they've pretty much said, well, you're, it's this, we've, we've used this stuff it doesn't work. Progress and enlightenment is through just human intu- intuition or uh, just uh, human will. Mm-hmm. And I mean, history has shown that human will uh, is not enough. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to, to build a peaceful society. Uh, it's only through the cross of Christ. Yep. So, um, anyway, so I, you know, this is kind of uh, near to my heart because, you know, I lived in Scandinavia and, you know, uh, I think the Scandinavian people are very kind and and people, but I'll be honest, getting to talk with them a little bit when I did, they do not have an answer Mm -hmm. to Islam. They don't have an answer to it um, because it's not fitting their their secular society well. Right. And they don't know what to do about it. And this is some of their, their foolish attempts to try to fix it. And and this is very foolish. Yeah. So, all right. This has been Empires of the Future. Yes, and we'll see you in the future. All right.